Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and you are listening to season five of the Finding Something Real podcast. I cannot believe we're already on season five. And today I am here with one of my favorite people. And she finally agreed to come back on the podcast. So it's a real treat for me um, to be here with her. And I think you're going to love hearing her again. She was previously on the podcast back in April of 2020. It's been a long time since then. Um, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, Tati. Thank you. I'm glad you asked me to join today. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And there's a little bit of feedback on our uh, connection. Hopefully the recording goes well. But the last time you were here was back in April. Um, we had Brandon Cleaver, an apologist, on with us. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that experience for you. Um. It was a really new experience for me. It was kind of eye-opening. And I remember that um, after we kind of hung up um, on the phone call, we uh, talked and I later on thought, well, man, I'm not going to do this again. (laughs) Um, But then you convinced me um, that maybe we could have kind of a chat about my story of life, my faith story, maybe, um, which does not include any of any other guests. And I think that was a pretty good idea. And I'm excited to be here now. But um, yeah, it was it was a good uh, it was a really good experience um, to be on a podcast kind of feels special. Um, and so does this opportunity does it also feel special, really? Mm. Well, you are special to me. Um, I was thinking, about how long we've known each other, and it's been about three and a half years. I met you mm-hmm. because um, I do a little part-time gig as a international exchange student coordinator, and you were actually the first student that I placed outside my home in another family's home here in Chelan, Washington. And um, you are from Germany. And I remember I had, at the time, I was a new IEC, that's what they're called, and I had this like rule. I was not going to take any student who I could not see via video because I wanted, because 
you may not know this listener, um, but when you look for an exchange student um, and you are already screened and you are ready to go to host, um, you can um, request, like you can see all the application materials and sometimes students will provide videos, um, which is very helpful because you get a sense of somebody's um, personality and um, a sense of who they are beyond just what they've written. But I made an exception for you um, because I had a family, not the family you ended up with, but a a different family tell me that they were specifically looking for a German student. I went on um, the hub, the database that we have. I was looking, at the time, I was looking at a lot of student profiles. I was really into it. I would spend hours looking at different profiles and different um, videos. And I made this exception because I saw your letter. And I remember thinking, that girl is so full of gratitude and love. I would love to meet her. And so I introduced you (laughs) to a family and they're like, yes. So (laughs) that's how you became part of my life. (laughs) And then you came here. I remember when you told me. I remember when you told me about um, how you picked me, even though I only had a letter. And that was really funny to me because if all of the coordinators um, kind of act as how you do, just like picking um, profiles that include videos, I probably would have gone to the US because they never told me to make such a video. Uh, When you told me about um, other profiles kind of, containing videos that was the first time that I thought oh my god you can you can actually like do videos I didn't know that and I'm glad I ended up in Chilean (laughs) well I am too and you made a huge impression when you were here you became very good friends with our exchange daughter Ruby from Taiwan who's been on the podcast she was back in September she was my co-host for season four um, in the month of September and uh, you you guys Uh, connected really well. You came over to our home very often. In fact, my kids today were talking about you and they were saying, (laughs) Tati was here all the time. We just miss her. And um, (laughs) Leonie, our current exchange daughter from Germany, um, she was saying, uh, has Tati been back yet? I'm like, not yet, but she keeps talking about it. So anyway, um, but we've stayed connected. You've been uh, just a light in my life. I really do love you. And um, when I started season four, before I started season four, actually during season three, I reached out to you that summer, um, did a brainstorming session with you and your friend. Um, and one of the things that we talked about, I said, Tati, I would love for you to come back on the podcast. And that was when you told me, well, it wasn't the best experience for me. <laughs> and then later, when I started season four, you were one of the first, if not the first, young woman that I reached out to. And you were really honest with me at that point. Would you, would you mind sharing um, why you didn't come on in season four um, at that time? Um, to be honest, I just really didn't feel like it. Um, I didn't quite enjoy the experience um, being on the podcast with Brandon. Like, don't get me wrong, I really like Brandon and I think he's a great guy um but I felt unprepared in his present presence um I just felt like I would always have to justify what I was thinking and I was just like just putting questions out there and he was answering them but I 
really wanted to kind of give a feedback or uh, give my opinion on it, but I couldn't because I really, as I said, didn't really come prepared. Um, and so um, I didn't feel like being a co-host one more time on a subject that I didn't feel like that I was really, really into and that I could really like talk about a lot and be really informed about. And so I think um, being on the, this episode um, is great because we just got to have like a little conversation about our um, point of views and what we just like believe in and what we think about. Yeah, yeah. And you were, and like I want the listener to understand, uh, you are very special to me and I do love you very much. Uh, you were very direct with me at that point. You said, um, I don't want anything to do with Jesus, and I never will. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and to be honest, uh, as a Christian, you know, and somebody who loves you and really believes what I believe, I, I think I cried uh, when I got that uh, text from you. Um, but I, I also uh, just kept praying for you and calling you <laughs> anyway and uh honestly uh your relationship uh my relationship with you um is very valuable to me and so when I decided to do season five a little differently give the option uh for whether you come back to have conversations with people who maybe can argue a little bit or at least um you know speak uh persuasively about their issues um, and I, I told you, you know, some changes that I had made. I was so grateful that you said yes, um, because I know that maybe this isn't something you're super interested in, but we've had so many great conversations privately about faith and about differences in belief and respecting one another's positions that, um, I just wanted the listener to meet, um, to meet you, um, and to hear your questions. So, that's why uh, you're still here. <laughs> and I'm really glad you are. Me too. I think I'm, mm, I'm really grateful for what we have, for our relationship, friendship, or <laughs> you kind of being my aunt. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I think sometimes we get, we are really stuck in our bubble and um, we only surround ourselves with people that have the exact same beliefs and we forget that, we can love and accept and appreciate people that have different different beliefs. And I think we can really learn from one another, from each mm -hmm. other. And I think that's great. Yeah, I do too. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing, your story. I'll ask you specifically about faith in a minute, but just tell the listener more about who you are, Tati. Mm -hmm. First of all, your name's uh, not really Tati. I mean, it's your nickname... Say your real name because I can't pronounce it the way that it would be necessary. <laughs> um, my name is my name is Charlotte. Um, yeah, um, pretty hard to pronounce, and that's why you're very tarty. Like I don't know, that's why where I wanted to start. Um, I don't know. My tarty just kind of developed. That was my first word that I was able to pronounce, and ever since people have called me tarty. Um, and yeah, I'm 18 years old. I um i grew up in germany um i've always lived here besides um having spent one year in the us and i uh, was born in a pretty big city with uh, like 150,000 
the the population was 150,000 um, and I lived there for around 10 years so I went to kindergarten and preschool and um, all that there and then my dad is a doctor so we moved places when I was 10 um, and then I had to uh, swap school and went to kind of an advanced school um, we have in Germany it's different than in the US we have different school systems so after fourth grade you decide uh, what level of school you go to and I I am going to the highest um, I yeah um, and so I oh I have two sisters both are younger than I am um, one is 16 turning 17 next week and then one is um, 14 and my parents separated when I was 14 I think that was kind of a hard cut I think the hardest toughest in my life and then when I came to the U.S. I was still like a wound but um, that has healed by now and we all get along very very well I live with my mom and my two sisters but I really get along with my dad and his new girlfriend and her kids and um, yeah right now I am trying to graduate um, <laughs> it's kind of a tough process in Germany but I think I'm doing pretty well and yeah mm. I think that's that's what how, you gotta know how old are you I'm 18 okay I'm going to turn 19 in May okay and um tell me so your dad I know he's a doctor but I kind of remember orthopedic surgeon is that right yes that's mm -hmm. what he does yeah um and you and your dad pretty close if I remember mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Right now we are. Yeah. yeah. Good. After all. Oh, yeah. by the way, um, I am aiming to become a doctor myself. So after graduating, I want to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. And of all the girls that I've gotten to know through uh, exchange, you and I, I mean, I've had some wonderful conversations. And if any of them are listening, I, I love all of our conversations about faith. But you and I have had some really in-depth conversations about faith in general. Um, would you share your experience with, uh, with faith and, and where you're at now? I'd, I'd love to know more about your faith journey. Um, so the system in Germany is a little bit different uh, from the system in the U.S. We are, most, of other, most of us are either um, Protestant or Catholic. I was baptized when I was four um, with my two sisters. One was a newborn and one was two years old and we got baptized, um, Catholicly baptized. And then um, I got my first communion when I was nine. Um, but that really, like looking back at it, that really didn't matter to me. It's just, it's just what everyone did. My, I went to my first communion with like half of my class because that's just what um, kids do when they are um, Catholicly raised. Um, and I've never really like gotten in touch with faith, Christianity, God, Jesus, um, until I went to the US and then I met Janelle. Um, <laughs> and you were really the first person that I met that like deeply believed in all of this and like took um, praying and reading the Bible um, seriously. Um, and I'll admit, and I told you that felt strange at first. Mm -hmm. Like I did not, I did not uh, think that you were serious about this. And I think you were kind of like 
kidding me um not in a like not in an angry or weird way but um wait just pause there for a second <laughs> i want to get to okay. just want to um recap a couple things so mm-hmm. in germany where you grew up um catholicism was really wrapped into your education in some way um so is that right Mm, Christianity. Christianity in general. And then you were baptized when you were four. You took your first communion at nine. Was Mm -hmm. your family religious at all? Did you understand what that meant? Or was that something you learned at school and it was just kind of like another thing that you studied, but it wasn't something that mattered to you personally? Yes. My family, my, my, uh, one of my grandma is religious, but I think not in the way you would, um, see it she never talks about god or jesus and um she goes to she's went to church like two or three times uh, a week when she was able to walk properly um but she never like talked about it and she did it in private and um i know that she always prays before going to bed but um not in a way that not in such a drastic way that uh how you do it um and then my my dad is an atheist and um, most of my family is an atheist and i think my mom she says if you asked her she would say that she's um a believer but she does doesn't really have to do anything with religion okay and um if you asked her she would say that there's a god but uh she wouldn't be able to like um go on about it and okay. tell you what she thinks and she doesn't pray yeah okay um and then and then um at school um one of the subjects that we get taught is religious is religion it's called religion and we get taught about um all the different kind of um all the religions that are out there um and we kind of like get to discuss about it and talk about it and learn about all of them okay and then none of your friends uh, before coming to the United States, uh, took faith seriously, like in general, not at all. No, not really. Um, when one of my friends, she, um, for some time and she, she went to Argentina and she kind of like got a little bit more into it and was like, well, I'm praying um, every night before I go to bed that um, everything in Argentina is going to be fine. But uh, later on, she told me it was not about like really talking to like a superpower, but it was more of like um, talking to herself and manifesting things. Mm -hmm. And then before you came to the United States in your own journey between the ages of, you know, zero to 15, was there ever, like, did you ever have conversations with yourself or with anybody about faith? Was that ever on your radar as something to even consider? No, not at all, but not because it, it wasn't a thing for me to think about because I didn't think that people actually took it that serious that they think that, um there are there are there is a devil and there is a god and i didn't think that people actually um thought about this kind of thing and actually believed like in in the good and the bad um and there was no one really um to talk about this with because mm, this never that that has never been a topic before coming to the us 
And then uh, one one final question that we can talk about the U.S. Um, how about like morality, like good versus evil? You just touched on it. Is that a discussion? I know you're from Germany. Uh, you know, here in the United States, we talk a lot about the axis of, of evil and all the things that happened with Hitler. And, and we talked about that as being evil, what happened. Um, is that something that was on your radar, like good versus bad and like separate from God, but believing in evil and good? Um, to be honest, I haven't thought about this even until now. Like I've never made up my mind about I think that people um, can clearly see what um, good and evil is, but um, I think I like to call it ethical reasons, not moral reasons, because um, ethical is just like not really connected to religion, and I think that fits better. But um, I think we we act ethically um, because we are taught so in school and by our parents and we are raised that way and they taught teach and um, tell us um, what the right and the wrong ways are okay have but I I guess I'll push just a little bit further into that and then I want to talk Mm -hmm. about here Um, do you ever consider like where those ethics come from or has that I I know you just said that you've never thought about it before maybe but um, if it's not morality, but it's ethics, where do those ethics come from? Who determines what they mm-hmm. are? Um, I, I don't think that they are um, religiously, they haven't, like, they were impacted by religion, but um, we as a species, we are really social and um, with a social species and a, like a social being, um, uh, ethical understandings come naturally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. All right. Um, so tell me, uh, I, I know you've mentioned you came to the U.S. and you met a crazy person named Janelle. Tell, tell, uh, <laughs> tell the listener about that experience of meeting someone who took faith a little differently. Mm, I can't even imagine. I, or I, I can't. Um, remember the first time that you really like actively talked about faith and God um but I remember I was sitting <laughs> it was a crazy morning as always I was staying at your house and we were um <laughs> off to school and we were kind of like getting all the kids in the car and now, then we we're on our way to school dropping real, the- pause real quick because yeah. at the time we did not have a vehicle large enough um so we would (laughs) we would take tati or ruby and have them sit in the middle of the floor right it was usually you (laughs) yeah totally illegal driving to to school that is it was crazy on those mornings tell me a little bit about that experience Mm -hmm. and i think the first time that we i I kind of like stayed over for the night and we went to school all in your guest's vehicle um i remember that you said okay kids let's pray um and say something that you're grateful for and that was strange to me because i've never seen kids being raised that way and like being told um to do such things such as praying i've never prayed in my life before and that was strange to me and i remember that you that you asked me if i wanted to pray or if we wanted to pray and neither really wanted to um I know that Ruby did that sometimes because she was more 
experimental with it than <laughs> I was. Um, but yeah, that was the first time. Um, also seeing seeing kids do that and like being so into it and really like understanding what they do. Um, that felt strange and just like that was one of those experiences that you were kind of looking forward when deciding to go abroad because you wanted to see new things and you wanted to just like experience them in real life and not only like hearing from it because I knew that there were religious people they told me before coming to the US but experience it and experiencing it and like feeling it was just like a whole nother level yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then after that you and I had quite a few conversations just us after that if I remember right, uh, talking about faith mm -hmm. in general and objections to faith and um, questions about it. Uh, how how was your perception of faith changed after coming to the U.S.? Uh, to be honest, I don't think you will love to hear it, but I, I think you know. I, I felt strengthened in my belief mm -hmm. because um, during the time in the U.S., we I really, like, had to face my beliefs and had to face um what i like wanted to continue believing for maybe the rest of my life but like i i mean i can always change there are there will be new facts new kind of like um dreams of consciousness but dreams and different ideas of what i could believe in and what i want to believe in but for that for now or for when i left the us i really um felt like kind of like you do you and i really like accept it and i don't want you to change but also let me do my thing and um when i got back here i i could tell that nothing really changed here and that was that that's what I believe was what they all believe even though I did not communicate with them in, during the U.S. about this and then um, so I think that's kind of like a thing how you get raised even though you have different impacts because um, your children will probably always believe and I did not raise like that and I, I wasn't raised like that and I will probably not belief just like everyone else doesn't believe here hmm. um and I wasn't the only Christian that you encountered when you were here mm -hmm. in the U.S. you also got into a close relationship with another believer uh <laughs> um and some other people <laughs> she's laughing mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so you had faith convers. it wasn't just me um that you had those faith conversations with but um, tell I me. I think you were the most open-minded person about it. Really? Mm -hmm. oh. um, so tell me why you were strengthened in your, because like you said, you were confronted with your own belief system, questioning mm -hmm. some things. I know some things um, that we talked about, sometimes you would come to me later and say, I've been thinking about that or whatever. Um, uh -huh. So what... I guess this gets into the question part. What objections or um, arguments do you have in your mind for why there is no God? Mm, there, are, there are a lot. But like, um, one of the objections that I have is that we in westernized countries, we 
are raised religiously like we are raised in a christian um way and that's why we believe in our christian god or you guys believe in your christian god but then when you <clears throat> look at other countries in muslim countries people believe in allah and people from the amazon believe in their spiritual god um how can you be sure that your god is the only true god it's i think it's all about how you are raised and um you can you can almost equalize it to why we think that um liberty is a must because we we get to live in really like um countries that value liberty but other countries don't li um, really value liberty i don't say it's um okay to not um like and be open-minded for liberty but a lot of people that didn't weren't raised in um countries that offer liberty do not even feel oppressed and i think that's kind of it's all about how we are being raised hmm. and what we experience in our early years do you think there's a universal human experience so like for instance um the desire for love and connection like that that's part of a human experience regardless of whether you live in a culture where you aren't receiving that like I know a lot of kids are neglected right from love um, here in the US uh, unfortunately we hear stories all the time of um, the effects of being neglected as a child right and um, mm -hmm. so even though you can be raised without something or without the knowledge of something do you agree that there's some universal things that we all crave and all desire and all need Yes, definitely. And I think love is one of the, is probably the biggest craving that all humans have. But mm -hmm. um, some people choose to get that love from their God and some, as I said, and some, because we are such a social species, some crave that from other people and from nature and um, from like earthly things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there is no God, um, where does that craving of love come from? Where would you, like, what would biologically explain that? Emotions and the urge to socially interact and um, be, be a part of a society. Mm -hmm. So um, that's good. Uh, I'll have somebody on to talk about that for sure. Um, tell me another objection or something that bothers you about faith. Um, the question that like we've talked about, like how I pursue atheism and you pursue Christianity and we never, like we always accept each other's um, beliefs. Um, But what would an atheist have to tell you or what facts that would an atheist have to deliver to you um, that you would seriously consider to stop believing in God? Is that Because a, that's a real a question? question. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's a tough question. Even for me, like, you, you know, you always have to reflect on your own questions. And yeah. I think it would be really hard for me to stop like believing that there was no God. 
and stop believing. So I think the the question goes both ways. But yeah. I think it's a it's also a really good question to ask um, Christians and believers in general. Yeah. Well, I think. Um... Yeah, that's that's an interesting question for somebody to tackle. I maybe I'll try, maybe I'll try right now. Um, <laughs> I think if the resurrection didn't happen, Christianity is a joke. Um, if Jesus isn't who he actually said he was, um, the whole faith falls apart. Um, so I I agree with the disciples when um, in in the Bible it's recorded that. Um, they were with Jesus and Jesus was preaching some pretty hard things and the crowd didn't like it. And so a lot of them left and Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, are you guys going to leave too? And I think it was Peter who turned to him and said, uh, Lord, where, where else would we go? Where else would we go? Um, the atheistic worldview for me, um, you and I have had conversations about this, but there's not a lot of hope. Um, so I'm naturally inclined to want the hope that's found in Jesus. But the skeptic in me very much investigates and wants to know, did the resurrection really happen? Because whether I believe in air or not, or love or not, the fact is that I believe that those exist, even though I can't see them, and I know that they exist, right? It doesn't matter whether I believe that they exist, it actually does exist, so did the resurrection actually happen? Because if it did, then I think there's a really strong case for historical belief in Christianity. Um, so what would an atheist have to prove to me is that there, there's no evidence for Jesus. And what I think happens often, um, at least what I've seen, is that when an atheist is strongly pursuing did the resurrection actually happen, it's very hard to discount it. Um, it's very hard to come up with uh, um, scientific explanations for what caused the, the evolution of Christianity, if you will. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but for me, I, I don't want just a blind faith. I've talked to people on here before, um, mostly people who share that sentiment that I do, um, but sometimes I'll talk to people who have never questioned their faith. I'm not one of those people. I question my faith a lot. Um, but I would have to have hope in something that atheism I don't see. Um, I'd be open to you persuading, <laughs> trying to persuade me. And two, um, I would have to have very strong evidence um, that the Jesus of Nazareth, who bled and died on a cross and rose again three days later and the history of the world changed completely, that that never happened. Um, and I, I think that that would be a really hard thing for an atheist to prove. That, that would be that would be how I'd respond to that. Okay. Um, I never try to persuade any anyone from my opinion, because I think, as I said, you do you and I uh, do what I think is right. But um, do you remember when we were sitting in your car in front of your house and you were... Um, telling me that um, if you ever found out that Christianity was a lie and there wasn't like an eternal life after death, you would be really, really mad at God and at Jesus and um, at all like the biblical facts that tell you that. Um, and without like 
trying to sound mean, but I think you would have to be mad at yourself because um, as you said, it would be, it's hard to prove that the resurrection didn't happen and it's hard to prove that God isn't there. But um, I think you can never like, with a, uh, you can never be 100% certain that Jesus and God don't believe, but also I'm not 100% certain that a unicorn doesn't doesn't exist and I still don't believe in either of those and that's that's how I think that's 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 what I believe and also like I think I'm I'm really like you if you think that the resurrection happened happened and you feel like that's the the most important fact for you that's that's totally up to you But um, I do think if the resurrection happened and if Jesus was alive, um, I think there was some. There would have been. There is something that will eventually explain this. So even if Jesus did resurrect from the dead, it would still not persuade you from atheism. <laughs> you don't think so? Nope. Okay, tell me, tell me another I reason why. I think Jesus would be a great guy, but I don't think that um, it would it would automatically um, lead me to the belief that God also exists. So, okay, so let's move into the hope piece then, because uh, I I mentioned the two things, right? Like the historical, like you'd have to disprove the faith uh, based on like you know scientific historical things, but then you'd also have to give me an alternate for hope. Where do you find your hope? And uh, maybe this is another objection or, or question about faith. I don't know. What do you need hope for? Yeah. Well, like for me, um, I have hope not just for this world, but for the world to come, but also hope today. You know, like um, I think of my life has significant meaning, not just because <laughs> I'm here as a human being, a biological product of evolution, right? But actually because God has put his fingerprint on me. Like you, I believe that every person has significant meaning and purpose in their life because God gave them that, that they are an image bearer of the one who created them. Um, that gives me tremendous hope. Like on days when I'm feeling depressed or sad, I'll think, well, my life has meaning. Or I'll think, when I die, like there's something to come. When I see suffering, it doesn't destroy me because there's meaning in suffering. So I'm just wondering if you, like when you're down or you're feeling sad about the world, like how does atheism provide hope for you? Okay. Um, I think we kind of define hope differently maybe, but um, the way that I see it is that um, especially because there's an a finite life, I think that that is the, that is the hope for me um, because my my life is limited and I have to make the best of it and there there is nothing is guaranteed and I want to leave the world 
um, in a be better way than I kind of found it. And so when there are days, and I, that's why I think that every minute that we live and we experience is so, so value because you don't know how many you have left. And um, when there are days that I, that, that I am done, I think of the things that are yet to come and that I have already accomplished and stuff. And the um, the people that have created me are kind of, they are, the, those are my parents. And I, I am, I am a evolution product. So I don't put too much meaning into myself, I think. I think we are, um, we are the product of our parents and of evolution. And when it's time for us um, to leave this earth and to leave um, this universe, we, we leave. And so the time that we have is the time that we have to kind of make count. Hmm. Um, this is a hard question, I think, <laughs> because uh, I don't know if you if we can really answer it, but uh, mm -hmm. you asked me the question about what it would it take, uh, you know, for me to be convinced by an atheist that I, I should go the way of atheism. Um, let me flip that around and ask you, what would it take uh, for you to be convinced um, about Christianity? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, it's a super hard question, and. I think it's the toughest question to be answered in this in this whole discussion about atheism and Christianity or religion in general. But um, I think it, it will be to like directly prove to me this higher power and this almighty God that provides for me and for all of us, because I have a hard time believing in this almighty God and so that that would be the that's the hot part probably because there is no there i don't know and right now there is no proof that a way to prove that to anyone really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i don't think this question really has an answer to it that's why i think it's kind of the fundamental question between Christianity and atheism or religion and atheism in general. Um, but because I have a hard time believing in like an all loving and almighty God, um, it there would have to be like rock solid proof to me that there is a supernatural power that created all of us. And I don't see this evidence right now like I I can't I also can't imagine of an evidence that would like prove this to me but I don't accept the answer well I when I let God into my life um I I just felt God God's presence mm -hmm. um but as I said I, I don't know what it would take me to believe the evidence that Christian Christians provide right now but um it would have to be, it would have to be rock solid proof, mm -hmm. um, and that would that would not only like make me believe, but 
make probably make me no wait let me rephrase that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't make me support it but it would let me believe and accept it mm-hmm. yeah but do you think I'm kind of right when I say you're not really in a place in your life right now where you even want to explore that? Is that fair to say? Or do you feel like maybe you're in a different place than you were a year ago when you told me, I never want anything to do with Jesus? <laughs> I mean, where <laughs> where do you feel like you are on that spectrum of like, maybe I'd be interested in hearing some of these things or actually, no, I've already made up my mind um, and I'm just doing this because I care about you, Janelle. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um. I think I've made up my mind, um, and I think even if I if I said, well, you know, let me kind of like discover what Janelle always talks about, and like try to experience what all of you guys always talk about. But I think it comes from like my internal self, this mm-hmm. like perception of God, and because first of all because I'm not really open to it and because I don't think that I will experience this I don't think that this will have an impact on me and I will feel his love because if you only discover the hope that is kind of like placed inside of you Hmm. and I don't think it's like an external power it's not like an internal thing Mm -hmm. um does that answer your question i think so um any other questions or objections that because listen i know that you probably aren't going to come on to i mean you could surprise me and come on for all the interviews i don't know i'm guessing you're probably not going to uh based on our previous conversations private in private and Mm -hmm. that's totally okay um but I do know you well enough to know that you probably at some point will listen to the episodes because you, more than any of my other kids, have listened um, to the conversation. So I may even ask you to come back on for a Patreon episode or something and we can chat about what you thought of what people said. Um, and you don't have to come on. That's just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to know, Tati, because you do remember a lot of our conversations what was the most disturbing thing I ever told you? Uh, the thing that disturbed your atheism the most um, of our conversations? Um, it wasn't during one of our conversations, but I, I like the community that you create about your faith, around your faith. I like that you get together um, for weekends that you host your retreat at your house and you talk about it and you like share your experiences and like listen to each other and you have people listening to you and like you have a whole support system around you and um, your your whole personality is embedded in your faith um, and that's kind of if from all of those things I would have to choose something that I want to achieve in life or that um, people could be jealous about, about, I think that would be it. Even like when, for the listeners, when I was in the US, we would go to um, this house 
um, on we uh, Monday evenings and we would just all sit together. Um, one of the girls would have cooked for us and we would just like share about uh, our week and we would only get together because you all shared the same beliefs and you you believe that God placed you there and it was all like a work from God and um, from out of all of these things that um, Christianity does to you and um, that you uh, you believe Christianity does or religion does to you um, I think that is the most valuable because mm. it brings people together and it strong uh, strengthens your social network mm. what would you like people to know or gain from you being on the podcast um, why did you come here today thanks to know <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all kind of um, train ourselves to be more open-minded because it's not um, I think you do a great job in like bringing people on your podcast we when we talked um, before we started recording you said that you wanted to kind of like reach into people's bubbles and um, I think that's why I'm on here um, not only for other people but also for myself because to in order to gain confidence and um, to surround yourself with inspiring and creative people that you really like can learn from, you have to put yourself out there. Um, and that's what I did, even though it like took me, took me a minute. And like, I think that people should just, should just accept one another. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as, um, they don't see any real harm in what other people do and believe they should just be friendly and open-minded and ask nice and not prejudiced questions. Mm. Yeah. Has this been nice and not prejudiced? Is that, would you describe yes, it that way? You, definitely. You, so this may not be the last time you come on the podcast then you might come on again if I invite you again, perhaps. I'm not going to answer <laughs> Oh, come on. Let's get it recorded, will we? <laughs> maybe. It's a maybe. It's a maybe. Maybe. Perhaps, maybe. yes. Perhaps, yes. All right. Well, Tati, um, I'm excited about the people who are going to come on and chat about some of these things. Maybe maybe a former atheist. Maybe somebody uh, who's wrestled with some of these same questions. Um, but whether you're back on or not, I just want you to know you are special. Um, and I, I do care deeply for you. And... Um, I'm just very grateful for you to be here and to help pop some bubbles with me and uh, to encourage somebody <laughs> listening who maybe is struggling with some of the same questions and maybe is in a different place, you know, wanting to pursue uh, some answers from a Christian perspective. But regardless, I know that these podcasts last for, you know, as long as the digital world doesn't die and it seems like it's growing. So maybe someday... Uh, these conversations will be meaningful in your life. And um, you'll remember your crazy aunt from America who um, <laughs> really believed in something real found in Jesus. And um, who knows? So thank you so much. And oh, final question. I forgot. 
I always have a final question. <laughs> the Finding Something Real podcast is about finding something real, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. As we've already discussed, we have different worldviews. I believe those things can be found in Jesus. Um, if Christianity was true, which one would be most compelling to you and why? Restoration, eternity, authenticity, or love? Um, it will probably, you know, it will for sure be love because the, as we, as we've discussed earlier, I think love is what we all crave for. It's, it's the most vulnerable part of us and it's often the hardest to find and the, the thing that we want to hold on to the longest and if, Christianity was true and could provide that for all of us. I think we would never feel that devastated um, that some people do ever again. Mm. Yep. All right, Tati, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.